0: And uh, the problem of evil can be broken down into four uh, different uh, aspects uh, of evil. And I'll touch on that in in, in just a moment. But um, one thing I would like to say, though, is that the problem of evil is usually proposed as the number one reason why people reject the existence of the God of the Bible. So it's considered by many to be the strongest argument against Christianity and against theism, which is uh, any religion that believes in the existence of a personal God. Uh, usually, that's limited to, you know, Christianity, the Islamic faith, Judaism, and any one of their offshoots. Okay. Um, however, I, I think the problem of evil can also <coughs> It can backfire on those who try to use it against the existence of a personal God. And what I mean by that, in both, uh, you have theism, and Christians are theists, they believe in a personal God. And the two main worldviews that are uh, in competition with theism for the souls of, of men are uh, atheism, the belief in no God. And pantheism, the belief in an, that God is an impersonal force and that God is the universe, okay? Most of the, you know, the, the main world religions, most of them fit into one of those three categories. And the reason why I'm, why I'm saying that it, it kind of backfires on atheism and pantheism, the main opponents of theism, Um is because an atheist can be it's real easy for an atheist to spot evil when he sees it and he knows it immediately so he can uh, bring that case um, and uh, enter it into a debate against a Christian thinker Okay, it's real easy for him to spot evil uh, but consistent atheism there really is no such thing as evil basically what they're saying is If Christianity is true, then how do you explain what Christianity would consider evil? What the atheist doesn't like to come out and say is if he's consistent with his worldview, there really is no such thing as as something that is objectively evil in in the ultimate sense. And uh, therefore, uh, when it comes to an explanation of what evil is, Christianity theism, believing in a personal God, has no problem explaining that because evil ultimately is rebellion against the ultimately good being. So any opposition to God, anything that goes outside of his personal will, um, is by definition evil. So at least with Christian theism, we can explain what evil is so when the atheist talks about some innocent man that is suffering or some innocent child that died at least the Christian can say yes that is really evil if the atheist is consistent with his world view it, it, uh, it it becomes extremely difficult to call anything ultimately evil you know the way things are is just the way things are evil is just you know what is it's not uh, uh, a perversion of the way things ought to be. Okay, All oughts and shoulds and thou shalt and thou shalt nots go out the window if atheism is true. See, if atheism is true, there is a personal moral law giver. So there are moral laws. And if those moral laws are violated, um, then there is such a thing uh, as evil. Uh, atheism, <laughs> the existence of evil is a question mark Pantheism: God is beyond all distinctions. Uh, God is beyond personality. So when everything is said and done, uh, evil has about as much to do with God as, as it has to do with electricity and other you know, forces or, uh, or sources of energy, whatever. So uh, ultimately, really, there is no distinction between good and evil. So um, in both pantheism and atheism, you really can't explain what evil is. So that's one thing we need to, you know, if the atheist wants to throw evil at the Christian, what is it? What exactly is evil? At least when I see an innocent person suffering, in my worldview, I can can pity that man and say, you know, this is evil. Something went wrong with this universe in which we live, okay? Of course, Christians trace it back to the fall of mankind. Um, The other thing is, what about, so that's the explanation of evil. Theism can offer an explanation for it. In pantheism, evil is an illusion. Uh, Consistent atheism, evil is not ultimately real. Uh, Then also, when we deal with the solution of evil, uh, especially in Christian theism, I think you have the most coherent uh, solution to the problem of evil, that this all-just God who cannot... uh, forgive sin unless it's been paid for in full. His justice demands that sin be paid for in full. Um, loved us so much that he sent his own son to die in our place, to be the ultimately worthy sacrifice uh, to uh, cover uh, all sin, which is rebellion against the ultimately worthy being. But because God's a God of love, he will not force that his forgiveness or his salvation on us. He gives us the freedom to accept or reject his salvation by rejecting uh, or accepting uh, the Lord Jesus as, as Savior so through the incarnation God the second person of the Trinity becoming a man through the death the resurrection and the return of the Lord Jesus Christianity within its world view uh, has a solution to the problem of evil and uh, Atheism. You know, an atheist can recognize evil, can't explain what it is, but he can recognize it. But what solution does he have? What kind of comfort is he going to give to somebody who's on their deathbed? You know, when's the last time you heard about somebody on their deathbed that uh, was screaming that he wanted an atheist philosopher to come to his bedside and give him some comfort? There is no comfort in atheism, okay? Um, And again, atheism... You know, they tell you, your hope is reincarnation to eventually escape the cycle of reincarnation where you cease to have desires and you cease to have conscious existence. Um, And so again, ultimately, there really is no such thing as uh, evil. Uh, Pantheism probably fares a little (coughs) bit better than atheism does uh, when it comes to the solution, but ultimately, pantheism teaches that evil really just is an illusion, it's not real. And so what I'm getting at is, you know, the atheist can throw evil in the face of the Christian, but the Christian, uh, only theism, the belief in a personal God, and of course Christianity falls in that category, has an explanation as to what evil is. It's the creation's rebellion um, against uh, the ultimately good God. And, and then uh, Christian theism, I think, by far presents the most coherent the most plausible solution to the problem of evil and that is found in the, the uh, incarnation, death, resurrection, and return of the Lord Jesus. Uh, another point that I should throw out, the atheist acts like, you know, the Christian is just walking through life real gullible, smelling flowers, looking at the sky and thinking everything is so beautiful, there's nothing wrong with this world. And in the first case of an innocent person, someone in our eyes who is innocent, who is suffering, is supposed to just devastate our faith. It's like, whoa, this doesn't fit in my worldview. Let me tell you, the Bible teaches God created man in his image. Man was morally perfect. Mankind was not ashamed. We didn't even feel the need to cover our bodies before God. There was no shame. Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. Then we fell in the garden. Okay, then we recognized we had shame and guilt before God. If it wasn't for Genesis chapter 3, the fall of mankind, which introduced evil into the human race, uh, if it wasn't for that, God wouldn't have even written us a book. Okay, so basically, evil should not be viewed by the Christian as something puzzling that Christianity is a surprise to Christianity and Christianity has to deal with it when, you know, theologians are were unaware of this for centuries. In actuality, Christianity presupposes that this universe is not the way it ought to be, that man is fallen, he is now in an abnormal state, that man has rebelled against God's perfect will for the human race and, and this world in which we live and because we have rebelled against the ultimately worthy being there is such a thing as evil and and some of the bad rotten consequences uh... of this evil are at work and uh... and so evil is a real principle in the universe according to theism according to atheism and pantheism at least in their most consistent forms it isn't a real principle that is there by the way if if atheists and try to claim that it is a real, objective, universal principle that, that does exist in the world in which we live, if they try to claim that evil is real, um, then I think uh, it, it begs the question, well, how did it get here, and how do you explain it if there's no God, or if God is an impersonal force, if God is an it, rather than a, 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 a uh, personal, moral being? Um, now having said that with the problem of evil there's four different you know we say the problem of evil and we, we act like there's only one rational problem of evil thrown at the, uh, the believer in a personal God in actuality there's four different types Okay. Uh, first I would call the psychological problem of evil or maybe even the existential problem of evil this isn't so much of a philosophical uh, problem of evil a rational problem of evil it's, it's an experiential problem of evil it's not some hypothet- somebody's hypothetical aunt who is dying of an incurable disease it's your aunt who is dying of an incurable disease ok it's not somebody else's little baby um, who, who died it's your little baby who died ok and and, you know Christians have gone through these things David had a little baby that died at age seven days and that did not cause him to turn his back on the God of Israel and David was a very intelligent man not only was he a warrior and a great warrior at that but he was also a great poet and a great musician and uh, he was a man um, who had a a brilliant mind uh, as well as a passionate heart and he saw no reason to turn his back on God, even experiencing that. But what I'm getting at is that now someone might experience this psychological problem of evil. One of their loved ones died. Maybe they found out that they've been diagnosed with incurable disease, okay? Because of having this psychological or existential problem of evil, it may cause them to contemplate uh, some of these other rational problems of evil, okay, or the rational aspects, other rational aspects of the problem of evil, and so you might have to deal with it in two different ways. But whatever the case, a hug and a friend usually works for the psychological problem of evil. You know, in other words, it, it, it's not necess- this person is not necessarily looking. They might even. Ask a few questions that it might look like they're looking for rational answers. Okay. Uh, there's a, a, a preacher of one of the largest churches in Southern California. He was going door to door one day earlier in his preaching ministry, and uh, he was visiting people that actually had visited his church. And he visited this one lady who stopped coming to his church, and her husband answered the door. And uh, and so the pastor asked, well. How come uh, your wife and uh, and your daughter doesn't come to my church? They don't come to my church anymore. And the response was, the guy said, look, we had two daughters at one time, and my oldest daughter died of an incurable disease. So I, I wanted nothing to do with God because of that. My wife, on the other hand, she tried to turn to God, so she took our other daughter, our second daughter, and started going to your church. Now we found out my second daughter. Is, uh has been diagnosed with that same disease so i won't allow my wife to go to go to your church anymore now the pastor's response to this guy was he asked him when was the last time you served God and he's dealing with it like it's down here and this isn't the metaphysical physical or moral problem of evil this guy's got the psychological i mean that's his door that's his it's his baby and now his second baby's dying Where's the guy? This particular pastor is a very compassionate pastor. He just missed the boat on this point. That guy might have been making, you know, and, I, and I, you know, if you think of guys looking for a hug, make sure because some, you know, sometimes guys like that, you know, you might get get a knuckle sandwich instead. But, um, but that guy was either looking for a, a hug or a friend. He needed to see the compassionate side of God. So keep in mind, draw a distinction between some guy who keeps proposing hypothetical problems of evil and the guy who's going through a real rough time. If you want to look like an ogre and you want to make the Christian God look like an ogre, then when somebody needs a hug and a friend and some counsel and a shoulder to cry on, just give them uh, rational answers from, uh, from your ivory tower and, boy, that'll cause a stumbling block and a half to people's faith. But but keep in mind, not everybody who comes to you with the so-called problem of evil is looking for a philosophical uh, dissertation. Sometimes they're just looking for a friend. And uh, there's a lot of people out there. um, Studies have revealed that the, the leading atheist, the most passionate atheist in the history of philosophy have had uh, a problem with their father. Either their father wasn't in the home or the father was in the home but was real passive or that there was a a kind of a hatred between the father and the son or whatever, that type of thing. Um, And uh, I had a father who loved me so much so that when I finally understood the gospel message, I had no problem understanding God's love for me. But we meet a lot of people today coming from broken homes. Maybe some of you are from broken homes, and it might be a little bit harder to understand God's love for us, um, especially since we did not have not seen it expressed through human beings. And we have the opportunity to be an instrument uh, of God. In fact, we are to be instruments of God's love to people to such a degree. That the church is referred to as the body of Christ in Scripture. And uh, Jesus now is, is bodily in the heavenly realm. Um, and so, if Jesus is going to give somebody a hug, he's got to use either me or you right now. And, uh, and so, uh, just keep that in mind that this the psychological problem of evil is, is a lot different uh, than these other three types, okay? Now the metaphysical problem of evil just tries to answer the question uh, what is it or how did it get here? What is evil? How did it get here? Okay. Um, so the, the metaphysical problem of evil this has been dealt with by guys like uh, uh, St. Augustine about, uh, roughly about uh, 370 to 450 uh, AD uh, Thomas Aquinas about seven 800 years later dealt with it as well. See, the the way you could word this problem, the metaphysical problem of evil, uh, you Christians say that God created everything that exists. (coughs) Evil exists. Therefore, how can your God be all good if he created evil? Okay? Now, there's some easy, superficial answers that are unbiblical, like the uh, Christian science response well, evil isn't real. It's just an illusion. Or there's the uh, another response that's given by Rabbi Harold Kushner uh, who, who teaches that God is limited, God is, is not perfect, God makes mistakes, and so God isn't all-powerful, and so evil is something he couldn't have prevented, and he might lose the battle to evil if we don't forgive him and help him out and that type of thing. Um, but a truly biblical response... God is all good and all powerful, he created all things that exist, evil exists though, how do we explain that? And uh, basically uh, the, the Christian response is this, God did not create evil, he created the possibility of evil and its consequences, okay? we call the possibility of evil and again, evil is rebellion against the ultimately worthy being the ultimately good being so evil, evil is rebellion against God just by the fact that God gave humans and angelic beings free will means that God created or actualized the possibility for evil and uh, its consequences such as human suffering and death to come into existence okay. so there's a big difference between God creating the actuality of evil or God creating evil a big difference between that and uh, God creating the possibility for evil and so basically who brought evil into existence according to the scriptures angels and humans who abused the gift of free will that God gave to us, we used, exercised our free will to turn our backs on God. We basically told God, we humans told God, hey, we, we don't like your paradise, we don't like your garden, we think we got better ideas. There's a you know guy over here that's telling us that if we turn our backs on you, we'll become more like you, we'll be as gods, and so we're going to turn our backs on you. Okay. Um, And so basically, uh, evil is not a created thing, but it is something that must exist in some created thing. All the things that God created are good, but evil exists as a perversion or a corruption of those good things. For instance, we do not have factories right now, uh, rust factories that are producing rust. Okay. We have factories that produce cars, and they make them out of metal. And if they get rained on enough, it corrupts the metal, and eventually you get this thing called rust. Rust can't exist on its own. It's a corruption of something else, something like you know, the metal that it exists. And it's the same way. It's kind, of, uh, it's kind of like God created a straight line, but gave us the ability to make the straight line crooked we made the straight line crooked okay? and so both Aquinas and Augustine would say nothing can be totally evil and by the way Calvin would not even disagree with this um, nothing, total depravity doesn't mean um, that it, it, total depravity in Calvinistic thought means that every aspect of man has been corrupted and is no longer perfect but it doesn't mean that the human himself is... Totally totally evil, Calvin would admit that man still in some way reflects the image of God even in a marred fashion, so what Augustine and Aquinas was saying there were saying there uh, even Calvin would not disagree with, but it's impossible for something to be totally evil because if it was if it was totally evil is kind of a removal of that which is good it's it's a a privation it's um a lack of a good that should be there for instance the fact that a rock does not have sight is not uh, a consequence of evil because a rock was never created to have sight humans were created to have sight so the lack of sight in a human is at least an indirect uh, effect or result um, of evil and basically what I'm getting at there, there's, there's some Christians who try to say that if a person's blind, it must be due to their own sin or lack of faith. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does teach that human blindness can be traced back ultimately to human sinfulness, but basically it would trace it back to, the, to our original parents, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When they turned their backs on God, it, sent, it set in motion a whole slew of, of consequences and this creation is now abnormal, and so sometimes even little babies are born uh, without sight. So it's, it's an indirect uh, result uh, uh, of, of evil. And so basically, with the metaphysical problem of evil, it's not that God created evil things, God created good things, good beings that could go sour, okay, that would have the freedom to turn their backs on him uh, ignore his warnings and go in their own direction so that's the metaphysical problem of evil Uh, the physical problem of evil is usually the hardest to deal with Uh, it it kind of I want to spend more time on the moral problem of evil so I want to deal with that last but it kind of it's the result of the moral problem of evil to a certain degree but um the physical problem of evil is like natural disasters, deaths of innocent children, you know, that type of thing. So so it, it, it's not like it's not dealing with evil choices directly. Um, and uh, Norman Geisler and Winfried Corduan and their philosophy of religion, and uh, I uh, paraphrase uh, some of their work in, in, in the blue book on the chapter on uh, the problem of evil. Uh, the God Who Sits and the Throne, Evidence for God's Existence. Um, God, just because God allows evil into the universe and then physical evil, natural disasters, death of innocent little babies, since God is all good and all powerful, He could have prevented that. Why didn't He prevent that? And so uh, none of the five responses that we give if we take each one of these responses alone, none of them alone fully explain all physical evils in the world. But when you begin to group these together, uh, we can see a, an adequate explanation, uh, at least a sufficient explanation, um, to the physical problem of evil. Uh, keep in mind, everything, from the Christian standpoint, everything has to be weighed against uh, this, Isaiah 55, I believe it's 8 and 9, that God's thoughts and his ways are as far above ours as the heavens are above the earth. Okay? It's just one point I try to make with uh, Professor Michael Martin of Boston University, one of America's leading atheists, when I debated him over the Internet. By the way, you can, you can I believe we still have it on our website, uh, that Internet debate right now. So you can look into it, it's a 120-page debate. But they always act like, well, I can prove your God doesn't exist, Mr. Christian. And then when they present their evidence, usually what they're saying is, here's some kind of complex situation that you can't explain. You know, you can't explain why God allowed this or whatever. Hey, that fits perfectly well. with with my Christian worldview because in my Christian worldview the, the Bible teaches we humans even the wisest humans who have ever lived whether it's Aquinas or Augustine or Aristotle or Plato even the wisest humans who ever lived are limited are finite in their wisdom whereas God the Bible teaches is unlimited or infinite in his wisdom and so basically we have such a huge gap between what we can figure out and what God has always known that it only makes sense within our world view that the atheist is going to be able to find hundreds of examples of things that we can't explain. So in, in other words um, sometimes the atheist implies without realizing it that the only way we, uh, the, the Christian explanation of reality could be accepted would be if we were as wise as God is so that we could know all the answers to all the objections thrown in us. fact of the matter is, if we were that wise, it wouldn't prove Christianity, it would disprove it because there'd be no gap between our wisdom and God's wisdom. So the element of mystery is uh, in Christianity, I mean, we can know certain truths about God and about his universe, but the Bible teaches throughout all eternity we'll be learning more and more about this great God but we'll never have him fully figured out and for me a guy who likes to continue to learn that's great it means that heaven's never going to get boring but uh, uh, so, so keep in mind you know, from the outset you don't have to have all the answers <coughs> sometimes you just need to propose some possible solutions or direct people to others who can um, but the fact of the matter is we can take, have comfort in the fact that uh, you know, God knows all things and we never will um, fact of the matter you know, why should I reject theism which explains 95% of the questions that I've ever had why should I reject theism for the 5% that aren't answered and accept atheism that answers very few of those big questions that I have, okay? I mean, atheism can't even adequately explain moral values, the origin of the universe, the continuing existence of the universe. Um, You know, it can't explain eternal, unchanging truths. Um, You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Atheism is probably... Atheism dissolves into either uh, an explaining away of the obvious facets of human experience or it admits those aspects of human experience uh, but then it, it dissolves into a non-explanation it says well the universe is just there. Moral values they're just there. The Eternal unchanging truths, they're just there. So atheism either explains away the evidence or admits the evidence but then just says but that's it, we shouldn't look any further for an explanation. It's just the built-in furniture of the universe and I think the question comes up why why would they be there Uh, whatever the case uh, keep that in mind you don't have to come up with all the answers but but why would an all good all powerful God even just permit the universe to go sour the universe to be corrupted by human and angelic free beings Um, why would God allow his universe to go sour um Geisler and Cordowan propose five possible answers any one of them alone is weak but when you group two or three of them together sometimes you group all five of them together and uh, you can come up with a, some really good explanations but again keep in mind Isaiah 55 we're not supposed to have if we have all the answers Christianity by definition is false so anybody who says well friends you don't have all the answers therefore Christianity can't be true that's that's just just Either they just don't understand what Christianity is all about or they're purposely re- misrepresenting it. Uh, one reason would be that, that uh, moral, perfection, moral uh, imp- imperfections, physical evil may be necessary for moral perfection. Uh, what I'm getting at is uh, growth. Sometimes the only way we humans grow are through trials there's no way we would have any trials if uh... if there wasn't an angelic and human fall okay? if, if evil wasn't allowed uh, you know um, we wouldn't if there was nobody who was poor if there were no natural disasters where people needed our help um, we wouldn't have any reason uh, to, to give charity we wouldn't have any reason to help rebuild people's homes who've lost their homes in some natural disaster. Um, uh, another, uh, another example of this, We all, most people admit that uh, uh, courage is a good thing. But if there weren't some natural disasters to be afraid of and then some evil people to be afraid of, there'd be no way we could have courage and uh, you could even follow this, now we're overlapping kind of into the moral problem of evil but if you didn't have any enemies you could could only love your friends human love would not be able to rise to the level where you have the ability uh, to actually love your enemies, love those who hate you and so uh, it is possible that uh, uh, in order for God to morally perfect us and to make us more like the kinds of beings that he knows we need to be he may have had to allow physical evils. Also, the free will of humans. Um, I mean, ultimately, all physical evils can be traced back to the f- free will of Adam and Eve, if the Bible is true. Okay. Um, but even beyond that, sometimes people get venereal diseases because of their own free choices, to be sexually uh, promiscuous. Um, uh, a lot of the pollution that occurs... In the world in which we live today, can be traced back to, to evil free choices of human beings. Um, if, if you're going to try to tear down somebody's worldview, even if something sounds really weird to you, if it's part of their worldview, it can be used as part of their arsenal or ammunition to defend their worldview. And within the Christian worldview, we believe in angelic beings. Spirit beings. Some of them have fallen. We call them demons. Okay, Uh, and basically the free will of demons could go a long way to explaining some of the uh, physical evils in the world in which we live. And we're, I think, with the spiritual warfare that goes on, we're not really going to have total insight this side of the hereafter uh, into that aspect. But it certainly is. An aspect of of Christianity, an important aspect of Christianity. Also, God may use some physical uh, evils, such as pain, as a warning. Uh, Sometimes pain... uh, One of the problems with weightlifting is the expression, no pain, no gain, is real important to weightlifting, but you have to learn to differentiate between good pain and bad pain. Um, I'm almost 39 years old, and because I didn't differentiate between good pain and bad pain when I was 22 or 23 in the Marine Corps when I was lifting weights with my buddy, uh, his name was Slusher, a guy from Minnesota, um, we, he ended up going for two years of physical therapy to get his shoulders um, straightened out. Uh, we did roller cuff damage. My injury—I live with that injury. It doesn't hurt me that much, as long as I pop enough excadrin when needed. You know, the weather changes; pop a couple of excadrin, get that aspirin in there, bring down the inflammation or whatever it does. Um, But sometimes God allows us to have pain to warn us. You know, you have a pain in your leg; maybe God's telling you, don't walk on that leg. Something, something worse is going to happen. And uh, uh, another problem that God might allow the physical problem of evils to draw others to him yes there are people that because of a tornado they turn their backs on God but there are also just as many if not more people who turn to him because of a tornado uh, same with moral evils like the holocaust many people turn to God rather than turn from him uh, due to the inhumanities of man, the cruelty of man against other men but uh, And then fifth, um, some physical evil uh, is necessary in the present state of the world. In other words, um, it may be necessary for some animals to eat, other animals just to stay alive, okay, in the present state of this world. Of course, the Christian argues the way things are is not the way things ought to be. We fell in the garden and things are, are now in an abnormal state and uh, therefore there are some physical evils that are out there um... whatever the case um, the moral problem of evil is usually it, it, is i think the one that uh... is kind of the, the key aspect of the problem of evil because from this it, it kind of overflows into explanations not only explains itself but it helps explain the physical aspects and even there's even some overlap with the metaphysical problem. the moral problem of evil deals you know more along the lines of uh, how could God allow evil people to do the cruel things that they do to others for instance in Adolf Hitler you know if Christianity is true how could an all good all powerful God allow evil to, to torture and butcher all those innocent human beings that he did now again we can come right back to it if pantheism is true you can't even call his actions evil if an atheist is consistent with his worldview, he can't even call the actions of an Adolf Hitler evil on that basis alone I would rather be a Christian than an atheist or a pantheist because I can truly in the ultimate and the fullest sense of the term I can call Adolf Hitler's actions <coughs> evil so on that basis alone I think Christianity is superior to the other world views. Having said that, though, um, the moral problem of evil, let me cover this. It's usually put this way. An all-good God would want to destroy evil. An all-good God would want to destroy evil. An all-powerful God is able to destroy evil. An all-powerful God is able to destroy evil, but evil is not destroyed; it still exists. Evil is not destroyed; it still exists. Therefore, no all-good, all-powerful God exists. Okay. Now, as Christians, we don't want to say, "Well, God," maybe God isn't all-powerful, and we don't want to say, "Maybe God isn't all good." The God of the Bible is an all-good, all-powerful God. So, how do we explain the existence of evil? Uh, first thing we need to say is there's an unnecessary time limit on God because it implies evil is not now destroyed therefore evil will never be destroyed Um, we can argue and the scriptures teach this that God is in the process of defeating evil God is in the process of defeating evil how is God in the process of defeating evil? again through the incarnation that's when God became a man the incarnation the death the resurrection and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I mean the problem of evil was not something that that uh, Moses would have had a heart attack over if he were alive today. Okay, uh, the gospel, the good news, is uh, the ultimate solution, the ultimate answer to the problem of evil. Okay, um, so number one, there's an unnecessary time limit placed on God. Uh, Number two, God, an all-good, all-powerful God, can permit or allow evil so long as he allows it for the purpose of a greater good. And we already looked at one of those greater goods, and that's uh, human free will. Uh, You know, you don't find atheists and pantheists marching around with signs that say, down with freedom. You know, take away our freedom. Most people think freedom, free will, is a good thing. Well, we have a loving God that gave us free will. We don't like the consequences that our abuse of free will have brought about, uh, but, but one, of the, one of the greater goods, one of the greater good purposes for God allowing evil was uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the possible consequence of God giving man and angelic beings free will, the freedom to rebel against them. He gave us the freedom to rebel against them, but not the freedom to rebel against them and um, no consequences. The consequences are built in. You rebel against God. Uh, It separates not only man from God, but the creation from God as well. Um, But uh, I think the Christian can also argue that God's love cannot be forced on his creatures. Love, by definition, gives the... Supposed uh, recipient of that love, the freedom to accept or reject it. You know, you can't say a guy doesn't say, "I love my my uh, my wife or my children, but I, I keep them locked up in my house because they want to to leave me." You know, he doesn't make the people that he loves his prisoners. Okay, and uh, so God's love cannot be forced on his creatures, but then that allows, you know, that necessitates free will. The freedom to reject God's will. The freedom to reject God's love. The freedom to reject God's paradise. And that's exactly what mankind did in the Garden of Evil. You see, the Christian doesn't have to argue that this is the greatest possible world. Okay? Even though when the atheist says, well, isn't the, it's not the greatest possible world. It's got evil in it. When the atheist movie producer tries to produce the greatest possible movie, there's always evil in it. Okay? So, you know, the greatest possible movie usually has uh, some um, leading lady who's tormented by this monster or whatever, and then her prince comes in the end, slays the dragon, rescues her, and they live happily ever after. And it sounds a whole lot like the gospel uh, where the Lord Jesus returns to earth, defeats the dragon, Lucifer himself, rescues his bride the church and they live happily ever after so uh, um, uh, but whatever the case we don't even have to argue that this is the greatest possible world or we have to argue is that this is the greatest possible way to achieve the greatest possible world the greatest possible world the Bible would call heaven where it's, it's the eternal paradise but people are not there people and angels are not there against their will they have the freedom to go there by accepting Christ, or the freedom to not be there by rejecting Christ. Um, and so, basically, man's free choice brought evil <coughs> and human suffering uh, into the world. But God, being all good and all powerful, He still He's going to use this evil for purposes, for good purposes, such as giving man the ability to love his enemies, uh, the ability to have courage against uh, evil uh, uh, situations and evil beings Um, uh, but again keep in mind God is infinite the element of Christianity is essential to Christianity so we're not gonna have all the answers an an atheist who wants you to have all the answers even though his atheism really doesn't have any answers um, the atheist that expects you to have all the answers is, uh, is basically, I don't think he's really serious about looking into the gospel. He's just playing games with you. Now, now, I'm not saying it's impossible for him to come to Christ and for her to come to Christ, but I'm saying probably God's probably going to have to allow their lives to be shaken up before they will get off their intellectual high horse and think about coming to Christ. Sometimes it's the death of a loved one. Sometimes they lose their job. Sometimes their house burns down or their car gets totaled, whatever. Um... But uh, a lot more, more times than not, you'll find uh, philosophy professors who are atheists just playing games with you. they really, even if you answered all their questions, they still wouldn't bow before the throne of uh, the Almighty God. Um, so man's free choice brought evil and human suffering into the world, but God uses evil, uh, this evil, for good purposes. We don't always know what those good purposes might be, but we can have some insight into, uh, into some of them, uh, again, though, atheists usually, you know, on Monday they deny the existence of evil. On Tuesday, they try to use evil and throw it in the face of the Christian. Um, but atheism really can't, in, in the ultimate sense, consistent atheism cannot call anything ultimately and really evil. At least we Christians can. And we can uh, thank God that God will defeat evil through Christ's death. Uh, resurrection and return um, uh, I think we can go so far as to say that the God of the Bible is the only guarantee that evil will ultimately be defeated. If Christianity is not true if Jesus Christ is not who he claimed to be if his death on the cross is not what he claimed it to be uh, then ultimately there is no guarantee that evil will be defeated and man is without hope Um I think we can go so far to say that man's greatest enemy is exactly what the Scriptures call it, it's death. And if we look across...